0: line of like your 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 name is like there's power in your name probably butchered that line but that is we're talking about I am all the I am statements of Jesus the seven of them and, and in that statement I am there's power there there's power behind it so what an appropriate song as we enter into this week of talking about that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Pray with me. Father, I just thank you for today. Holy Spirit, your presence is refreshing. Your presence is renewing. Your presence is life-giving. Jesus, I thank you for the fact that you, you are the way, the truth, and the life. God, I ask that you will Speak through me that, that your heart would be shown, God, that, that I would disappear and you would show up, Father. Thank you for allowing me to speak your heart. Welcome, for those of you who um, I've never met before or don't know, my name is uh, Catherine or Kat and I am the youth pastor here at One Church. Thank you. I pay them generously to do that every time I introduce myself. You think I'm kidding. Um, So before we get started, we do have a memory verse and we are going to, let's recite it all of us together. It says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. And, and we have these memory verses not just to say them on Sundays, but to meditate that, on them throughout our week. And this one has kind of clung close the last couple of days as I've gotten ready to prepare this message because um, I. For those that don't know, I have a beautiful nine month old, but she's everywhere. And my parents were out of town this week, and so I appreciate them on a whole nother level. And so as I was preparing for this sermon, I was getting a little nervous. Um, Matt, I think, and Jamel might have been getting a little nervous with me because every time they'd ask me, How are you do? And I'm like, It's somewhere. We'll get there. But this verse, it, it stuck with me, especially that last part of From Apart from Me, You Can Do Nothing. because. I have, like, I'm not, I'm not the one doing this. If I have Jesus next to me and he's with me and I'm, a, I'm attached to him, then I can do anything. No matter how much time I have. And so these memory verses aren't just for us to read on a Sunday morning, but they're to hold true. They're to, they're to like, hold firm to. Especially in those moments when you just aren't really sure if you're going to be able to do it. To be able to have a verse that's memorized to hold on to. There's something beautiful in that. Yeah. So today we're, um, we are going to be talking um, about the I am. The I am, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we'll be in John chapter 14. Um, and, and oftentimes when we, when we hear that I am, it's kind of used as like a The only way I can think is like a smack or a smackdown like, you know Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, and no one can get to him except through, like no one can get to the Father except through Jesus. Well, I read this passage again, and when I read the verses leading up to that I am, all of a sudden that I am went from being a smackdown to being one of the most beautiful and compassionate, loving promises that Jesus gave the disciples. And so before we dive into the the message, before we dive into the scripture, I want to set the scene. So the disciples, they're at the Last Supper with Jesus, so they know the end is coming. They don't know all of the details, which I don't know about you, but I'm a detail-oriented person, so I like details. I like to know what's going to happen. I like to know when it's going to happen, and I don't want to have to play guessing games. So the disciples, they're at this table, and Jesus has just washed their feet. And, and then he's telling them, and for telling them of his death, the fact that he's about to leave them. And then on top of it, he looks at them and says, "And by the way, one of you, one of the twelve that has been literally traveling with me, one of you is going to betray me." And then Peter, who's one of his closest, is like, "Not me." I mean, he he like when Jesus is is saying he's going to go, Simon Peter says to him, "Lord, where are you going?" And Jesus answers him, where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Dang. That's like your best friend saying, like, will you? Like, because you're about to turn your back on me. That's a punch to the gut. And so we start, and we get to verse 1 of chapter 14, and Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way and where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How different does that sound? Knowing that Jesus was giving that as a way to calm the hearts of the disciples. See, the disciples were, they They were worried. They were scared. They were fearful. They, the, their, their master was saying, hey, I'm about to leave, and one of you is going to deny me, and one of you is going to betray me. And so they're like a little freaked out, and Jesus sees that anxiety. And so he, he before it can take off, he answers to it and says, hey, don't worry. Like, do not be troubled. Just simply believe in God, but also believe in me. So I think there's a part of what Jesus is talking to in the disciples is though they knew he was the Messiah, they had been raised their whole life to that the Messiah was going to come and and save Israel. Like he was going going to come and he was going to go become king somewhere on earth. They were thinking very temporally. And so for the disciples, though they knew Jesus was the Messiah, there was still a part of them that was holding on to that. You know, like, when Jesus radically, like, comes in and changes your life, but then there's still a part of you that's holding on to what you've known your whole life or what you've grown up on. And so for them, that had been so deeply ingrained that they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't how this was supposed to go. It was supposed to go a different way. And so they're, they're naturally getting a little bit flustered, and so Jesus is like, don't, be, don't worry, just believe in God because that's automatic trust. You already know that he's faithful. And then believe in me. And he, and he literally says, I would not tell you of my father's house. I would not tell you that I'm going to prepare a place for you if I wasn't going to bring you along. You get to come with me. You will be with me again. The Greek word for mansion is a dwelling place. <laughs> I don't know, what is a Scooby? <laughs> it's a dwelling place. It's a resting. It do, it's, God's not talking about, like, what we envision. We think mansion. We think, like, this huge house. I mean, you can, like, that'd be nice. <laughs> but he's talking about a resting place. So he's telling the disciples he's going to prepare a resting place. And they're going to be with him. And he will come and get them. But then, like all humans, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? So just forget everything Jesus just said. Because Thomas is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You haven't given us a specific destination. Because Thomas was still thinking temporally. And I can't blame Thomas because he's the only one that spoke up. He just had the guts to speak up. Because I guarantee all the disciples are sitting there thinking the exact same thing. Like, I don't know where you're going. So Thomas wants a, an actual map. He wants like to know, are you going to Nazareth? Are you going to Bethlehem? Are you going? Because like, we're going to follow you, but we, we don't know exactly where you're going. He's not even thinking above Earth, above the temporal level. And to be honest, I don't think that their minds could grasp that. Because they're still not understanding that Jesus has come to die and resurrect. See, they know he's spoken of his death. But here in in verse 3, it says, and if I go. And the if isn't to portray doubt. It's because the disciples weren't ready to understand the resurrection. Or they they couldn't grasp it. And I think sometimes we read these verses and we're like, dude, you are dense. Like, how are you not getting this? But how often are we like that? Where we sit there, and it might not be this exact thing, but God is only giving us little bits. Almost like a crumb trail that you follow and you pick up as you go. Um, I, like, if you were lost or tried, needed to find your way back, you've got Skittles, because Skittles sound good. And, and, and God is dropping Skittles, and he's saying, follow me, and you're picking them up one by one, but you're only getting that patch which that Skittle is in. And so Jesus is doing that to the disciples. He's dropping Skittles because he's giving them all that they can truly handle. But what they want is they want all of the Skittles. They want to get to the end of the rainbow, They want the huge jug. They want to know all the details. And so in response to Thomas, Jesus doesn't give him a map. He simply says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's saying, Thomas, you have it. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, and the and and the like. The way is him fulfilling uh, the the highway that is talked about in Isaiah thirty five eight. That he that he will be the highway. Um, of course, the one verse I didn't mark. It says, "And a highway shall be there, and it shall it shall be called the way of holiness." The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall become to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. So he's coming to fulfill that. See, they knew of that prophecy, and he's saying, hey, you've got the way. It's me. And if you're in me and you're with me, then you're good. Like you're going to be able to get to where you're going. That's a promise. And then he says, I'm the truth, and not a truth, but the truth. And for them, the truth for them was Moses and his laws. Those were the truth that they had known their whole life. So he's, to some degree, like contradicting again a part of them that had been ingrained their whole life. And he's, and he's referencing, like, what he had said in Matthew 5.17, Where it says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And he's saying, I didn't come to wipe away all of that, but to fulfill it. So now I am the truth. So if I am the way and I am the truth, you don't need anything else. Because the last part is, you get everlasting life. If you drink from me, I am your life. You get to abide with the Father. He came and he's. speaking. He gave us blood, his sweat, his tears, his life, so that we may have life. Yeah. 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 But that last line, no one comes to the Father but through me, now that's where oftentimes we use it as a you wrong. Rock. And what God is saying is, or Jesus is saying, sorry, is I, I am the mediator. I now stand in the gap that happened when sin entered. When sin came into this world, all the way back at the Garden of Eden, there was a separation that happened. And Up until Jesus' death, there was only a choice, few the priests that could be in the presence of God. I mean, there was literally a veil that separated everybody else from God. And, and, and so they would go in, and they would perform their duties, and, and even so, that like they would have like a, a, rip, a rope tied to their ankle so that if need be, they could drag them out, which is inf- like seriously fear. Like, <laughs> I would be like, ah, uh, not it. <laughs> but, but it's this huge part of what the disciples knew. And so now Jesus is foretelling that that veil is about to be split. And that now they have access to the Father. And it's because of that that we have access to the Father. And so we get to commune with God because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. How beautiful. I, 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 have, I have cried a couple tears over this, this week because of the beauty of this promise. It is true that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. That, that is true, absolutely. But that's not what Jesus intended for it to be to the disciples. He was coming from a very pastoral, loving place. He was coming from a place of, hey, I don't want you to be worried. I want you to rest, knowing that you have all that you need. That I am all that you need. I often am a disciple. My heart is worried about things that I shouldn't worry about. And the, and the key, he says, is let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me also. So trust. And the disciples, at this point, like, I imagine they're, they're thinking to themselves, okay, I'd still be a little bit apprehensive. But it still comes back to the fact that they had everything that they need. So we have everything that we need. When I'm in midst of a troubled situation or when I don't know where we're going to go, like I now can cling to this This passage, knowing that not only do do I not need to worry because God is everything that I need, but he has gone before and prepared a place for me. Like, just like he went before and prepared a place for the disciples, he's done that for you. Like, there's a dwelling place for you. That promise is one that we hold firm to. That truth is what we hold firm to. just like the disciples. Jesus reveals all that he needs to reveal. Jesus gives them all that they need to know. And part of the reason I think that sometimes God does this and Jesus did it with the disciples is are you going to trust? Like he it would be easier if he gave you all the puzzle pieces or all the Skittles. It would be easier if you knew how everything was going to play out in the the short view, like in temporal, like thinking about it. Like, yeah, would I like to know what my life's going to look like for the rest of my life? Sure. But at the same time, when you really think about that, that's a lot of weight. And I honestly don't think I could handle it because I would want to jump ahead and move too far ahead. There's a line in the the Avengers Endgame. Don't worry, I'm not going to ruin it for those who haven't seen it. But there's a line um, that one of the characters says. He says... um, I can say Tony Stark asks one of the other characters, how does this end? And he says, if I told you, it wouldn't happen. Jesus had told the disciples how it was going to end. Would it have happened? And if Jesus told us everything of how it was going to happen, would we allow it to happen? Because that doesn't always mean good things. There's hard times, there's trials, there's tribulation that come with it. The disciples were walking in to a season of hardship. The disciples were walking in to one of the most trying times. Like they were, they were about to be persecuted. All of them were going to die for the name of Jesus. And had he told them that, would they have followed him? Like had, they, had, had Jesus said to Peter, hey, by the way, you're going to die for my name. And you're not only going to die for my name, you're going to hang upside down. I can't, like, I, I wouldn't have lived, would Peter have lived his life as full as he had, knowing, or would he have just waited for that day to come? So we need to live in that. Like, we need to live in the truth that God has given us everything that we need for right now where we are. We don't need anything else because he has given it to us. And so to live each day to the fullest with the truth of knowing that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And because of him, we have communion with God. And he stands in the gap for us. And because of that, we don't need to worry about what tomorrow looks like. And we don't need to worry about what 40 years looks like. We need to focus on today and live today to its fullest. This promise for us, this compassionate, beautiful promise that Jesus gives the disciples is for us today. Jesus is saying to you, wherever you're at, wherever you're at with your relationship with him, wherever you're at in your personal life, whether you have a relationship with him or not, wherever you're at, Jesus is saying, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life and no one comes to the father except through me. I am all that you need. As we come to as we come to a close there's there's people in this room that need that truth. And we'll have some counselors up here to pray with you. But don't don't let yourself get in the way of believing that for yourself today. Don't let your your mind stop you from walking forward and saying, I may not know how everything is going to turn out, and I may not know what this looks like, but I do know that Jesus is the way the truth and the life and if he was enough for the disciples and he was with them at every point then why can't he be that for me and if you're here and you don't believe that and you don't know that why not start today doesn't mean that it's you're gonna wake up tomorrow and everything's gonna be hunky-dory because that's not a promise But the promise is that he is the way, and he's all you need. And in him you have peace. Because if he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that's everything, then you have peace in that. And no matter what happens, he is the way, the truth, and the life. That is who Jesus is. So why not start today? Why not start today in walking in that promise, in, in grabbing that promise for yourself. So as I as I pray, if that's you, don't, don't wait till I'm done praying to come up and, to, and, and pray with our counselors. There'll be two up here, and Stephanie, if you could do the back. Jesus is your way, he is your truth, and he is your life to stand in community with God because of him Jesus I thank you so much for the fact that that is who you are and the fact that that is a promise that you give us that is a that is not something that you that you dwindled you like dangled in front of us and took away like you told the disciples I wouldn't say this to you if it wasn't true like you are all we need for our troubled hearts for everything else if we just believe in you then every falls into place and it's hard for our temporal minds to fully grasp that father but I pray today that the supernatural will come in and that all of a sudden we can understand you from a different level that our minds are no longer temporal but we're thinking eternally God I pray for the people in this room and just for all of us father that as we go through the week, that we will cling on to the fact that you are the way, the truth, and the life and that. And thank you for the fact that we have communion with God our Father because of you.